to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, June 11th, 2017, on the basis of Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. So we started this sermon series that's entitled The Power of One. And in it, we are first of all acknowledging that all too often the world around us has witnessed and has experienced the church at its worst. A far cry from the church that Christ has called us to be. But secondly, during this series, we are also refocusing ourselves on the beautiful and simple design that Jesus himself has given for his church, a beautifully simple design that ensures that the church will continue to work at its very best. And if that's the case, if that's our goal for this series, then a day like today, a day like Holy Trinity Sunday, presents to us something of a challenge. See, a lot of people in our world today would say that the Christian church is at its very worst when it is doing exactly what we are doing today. When we stand up and object to this commonly held idea that all of the different gods that people worship in our world are just different variations and different versions of the same God. That all religions are equally true, and that all religious paths ultimately lead to heaven. When we stand up and insist that there is just one true God, and that he is triune. Plenty of people would say that if, if the church really wants to be at its best in today's society, then it should think things like that, and certainly say things like that a little bit less. And yet, as we turn our attention to the Word of God that's in front of us today, I hope that by the end of our time together, you will have become convinced of what I'm convinced of, and that's that the opposite is actually true. That in order for us as a church to be at our best in today's society, then we need to be thinking and saying things like that, not less, but more. For example, Say at the start of a week, you sit down with your calendar and you look at how full and how busy it is. You start to wonder how it's all going to fit in, how you're going to get everyone where they need to be, when they need to be there. And so you pause and you think to yourself, the one true God is the triune God. Or then at the beginning of a month, you're sitting down with your family budget and you're evaluating all of the resources that God has put at your disposal. You're trying to decide how you can maximize them to their fullest, how you can get the most out of every single penny. And so you think to yourself, the one true God is the triune God. Let's say that the to-do list is really mounting high, and so you decide you're going to set your alarm for some absurd hour in the morning so you can wake up early and get it all done. Or you have a really long day, you finally get home, you're absolutely exhausted, and you just want to sit down. And yet, rather than getting at that to-do list first thing in the morning or just checking out in the evening, you instead think to yourself, the one true God is the triune God. That maybe sounds like some odd things to do. But what if we did them? What difference would that thought make in our lives? That's really the question that is answered by the word of God that's in front of us today. What difference does it make if it's really true that the one true God is the triune God? I suppose right at the outset we should review a little bit what exactly we mean 
by that, what exactly we mean by that word triune. And simply put, we confess on the basis of what God's word says that God is one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We confess that each of those persons is distinct from the other two and that each of those three persons is fully and completely God in each and every way. And yet somehow at the end of the day, there are not three gods, but there is just one God. That truth about our triune God comes out in the very first words that Jesus speaks to his disciples. He says to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to one person, one God. It's not as if there's a God who's in control of the wind and another God who's in control of the rain. It's not as if there's one God who makes war and another God who blesses families with children. No, Jesus says all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to just one God. And then he says that that authority has been given to me. So Jesus is saying that as the Son of God, he is, he is right on par with, he is equal to, he is right alongside of his Father in heaven. And from the rest of Scripture, we could also add the Holy Spirit. So this one God that possesses all authority in heaven and on earth is also three persons. He is triune. Now, that is more than just a little bit of dull and dry doctrine. That's more than just a very particular, picky point that we need to make sure that we get right, because the very next word out of Jesus' mouth is the word, therefore. In other words, what he's about to tell us about our lives here on earth is directly connected, directly dependent on the fact that he is triune. Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So because the one true God is the triune God, Jesus wants people of every nation on earth to be disciples of that one true God. Because God is triune, Jesus has a mission. Jesus doesn't simply say to those 11 disciples, you know what, if, if this whole disciple thing is working for you guys, that's great. And hey, if you want to bring along a few friends and invite them to join the group, that's good too. Jesus doesn't even say, you know, that the nation of Israel is my chosen people, so make sure that you tell all of them. No, Jesus wants people of every nation on earth to be disciples of the one true God. If the one true God really is the triune God, then it makes perfect sense that Jesus would want every single person on the face of the earth to know and believe in him. That also means that if the church is going to be at its best, our desire needs to be what Jesus' desire is. If the church is going to be at its best, we need to look at people the way that Jesus did. That when we look at people, the most important question on our minds, the most important issue that we can possibly give our attention to is whether or not that person is a disciple of the one true God. So whether it's our spouse or our children or our parents, whether it's other members of our family or our next door neighbor or the billions of nameless and faceless people that we share this planet with, the most important detail about any of those people is their relationship with the triune God. If the one true God really is the triune God, then the mission that Jesus has is absolutely 
essential. In fact, eternity depends on it. If the one true God is a triune God, then it makes sense that Jesus would want everyone to follow him. That makes perfect sense. But it also means that the very next word out of Jesus' mouth seems to make no sense at all. Jesus says, therefore, go. You might remember from English class that that little word go is what's known as an imperative. You might also remember that the understood subject of an imperative is you, right? You. So Jesus doesn't say, because the one true God is the triune God, therefore I, here's what I'm going to do about it. No, he says, because the one true God is the triune God, therefore you. Here's what I want you to do about it. I want you to go. Why in the world would Jesus take this all-important mission and entrust it to us? Well, Jesus tells us. He says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus doesn't give us the, the mission to go out and make us disciples. He also gives us the means for carrying it out. He simply doesn't give us a command to go out and do a certain activity. He also gives us the tools and the instruments for carrying it out. Because Jesus possesses all authority in heaven and on earth, he can take that power and authority and package it up in the preaching and teaching of his word and in the sacrament of holy baptism. He can send us out with those things in our hands so that when we do them, he gives his promise that his power and his presence will work through those things to carry out this mission of making disciples. If the one true God really is the triune God, then Jesus has placed into our hands some pretty incredible power. That also means that if the church is going to be at its best, we need to realize that. We need to realize that the power that Jesus has placed at our disposal. As we sit down and, and think about our busy calendars, we need to remember that the one thing that cannot be cut out is time in the Word, time in God's house. As we sit down and we plan our budgets and we try and make the most out of every single penny, we need to remember that there is one investment that hands down more than any other has the power for exponential returns, eternal returns. And that is the money that we spend in support of the spread of the gospel. As we think about our to-do list, we need to remember that every single thing on our to-do list is just exactly that it's something that we need to do. But time with God's word and time with the sacraments is the one thing that is actually what God wants to be doing for us. As we seek to carry out the mission that Jesus has given us, we need to remember that the success of that mission does not depend on our own ability or ingenuity. Rather, it is completely dependent on the power and the promise that God has placed in our hands in the word and in the sacraments. If the one true God really is the triune 
God, then not only is this mission absolutely necessary, but this mission is also absolutely possible by God's power. Now, I don't know about you, but as I think about what it means for the church to be at its best, I realize more and more that, at least in my case, all too often, the church has been at its worst. That, as I think about my kids, for example, sometimes I act as though the most important thing is whether they get good grades in school or whether they get to be really good at sports or whether they behave themselves very well, rather than whether they remain lifelong disciples of the triune God. As I think about my own self-inflicted busyness, I can very easily let that crowd out the time that I need to be spending in the Word of God personally and with my family. As I come into contact with other people, all too often I am more interested in whether they are Packers fans like I am, what they do for their job, and whether they see political issues the same way I do, instead of wondering whether or not they are disciples of the one true God. All too often my eyes light up at the latest toy and gadget that I can use my money to buy, and in contrast, the money that goes to the spread of the gospel can sometimes seem like a burden or an obligation. All too often, I shy away from conversations where I have opportunities to tell people about Jesus because I foolishly convince myself that somehow the success of that conversation depends on my ability to say the right thing in the right way rather than on the power and presence that Jesus promises in his word. In those ways and in dozens of others, the church has all too often been at its worst. A far cry from what Jesus intends it to be. And that's why this mission is not just important. That's why this mission is not just possible. That's why this mission that Jesus has given to us is also so glorious. That Jesus would want people like me and people like you to be his disciples. And in fact, on this Holy Trinity Sunday, the scripture in front of us today highlights so beautifully exactly what that means to be disciples of the triune God. Because the one true God is a triune God, that means that from eternity, these three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, have been enjoying within themselves this wonderful, close bond of love and fellowship. From eternity... Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in perfect union. What that also means is that when God created the world, as we heard about in Genesis chapter 1, and when he created mankind, it wasn't because he was lonely. It wasn't because he was bored and he was looking for someone else to be around. He already had himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. No, you heard the reason why God created the world. He created the world so that he could create mankind and create him in his own image. He wanted there to be a creature who enjoyed the very same wonderful love and bond and companionship that he had been enjoying with himself from all eternity. He wanted to take what he had and, and share it with someone else. One author put it this way, he wanted there to be billions of people who were as happy as he was. What's even more amazing than that is that after all of that was ruined, after Adam and Eve fell into sin, 
and destroyed that perfect relationship with God. God was willing to spare no expense to get it back. That the one who had created everything actually became one of the creatures when Jesus took on human flesh. That the triune God allowed that perfectly close bond between father and son to actually be severed. As Jesus was given and charged with the sins of the entire world, driving a wedge between him and his father. Also that that perfect relationship that he intended for you could be restored. Jesus was willing to be cast out so that you could get in. In fact, that's what being a disciple of the triune God means. That's, that's literally what Jesus says. He says, you are baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's Jesus' desire for you. That's what makes this mission not just important, not just possible, but also so very glorious. So how are we going to carry it out? How do we ensure that the church will stay at its very best? Well, we keep thinking it, and we keep saying it often. The one true God is the triune God. Because the more we remember that the one true God is the triune God, the more we will realize that in this mission, it is really God himself who is giving to us his very best. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.